Welcome to Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Fright Hour, your source for the straight poop on all things supernatural. We're your hosts. My name is Chris Anderson, but if you went to high school with me, you can call me Shibby. And I'm Ethan Sereski. And do, do, d'etre, baby. Oh, like Jordy. Uh, yes. Uh, why don't you tell these guys about the uh, premise of our show? You're not going to tell them about Jordy? No, I mean, who doesn't know about Jordy the Rapping Baby and his <laughs> hit song, uh, Dur Dur Detron Bebe? <laughs> oh, oh, to be a baby. No, Just maybe, look it up. Yeah, um, it, as as in uh, most weeks or all weeks on uh, Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Fright Hour, one of us, me this week, Ethan, mm. has done extensive research on a ghost school goblin or demon of some demon. kind. Mm-hmm. And the other one of us, Shibble, has been lazy. He hasn't done a thing. He's Nothing. just been sitting around waiting for me to do all the work and bring the show to him. You know, I really carry the load around here. And it's this true. week, we will be discussing Abigor. 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 Do you know where Abigor is from? Where's Abigor from? Abigor is from hell. Okay. Well, it's a good thing I don't plan on heading there anytime soon. Right. Not New Jersey. Actual no. hell. No, probably uh, probably the old H-E double hockey sticks. Right. Not Florida. Not DeSantis's. Flo- this is actual, like, you know, biblical L- hell. Quite, quite literally down under, not Australia. Right. No, not not Australia either. This is this is hell, like in the Bible. Like the biblical hell. That's where Abigor's from. That's where he's from. And um, now, Shib, I'd like mm. to start off, because I know you're not, you know, extremely religious. No, no, not very much so. Right. So I, I figured you might not know the specific uh, residence of hell. I might be wrong. Mm. You know, no, I, I mean, I'm, I'm largely a tabula rasa in this one. <laughs> A blank yes, slate. Well, I know what. <laughs> In case our listeners don't speak Latin. Well, don't, don't, you know. I if mean, you don't, you'll don't probably learn them. some because that's what they speak in hell. You just insulted them all. I'm sorry. All of, all of you went... probably don't speak Latin. Unlike <laughs> us smart people who speak Latin. And all you Look it up in listen. a Latin English dictionary, morons. Do you think we have any demons listening? Uh, I mean, statistically... Yeah, I'm going to say, did you know that one in five people are actually demons under their skin? Oh, that's awesome. So we do have some listeners. That's yeah, we probably got like at least uh, 10. Okay, so what I want to do here is I want to turn to you, Shibby, and I want to yeah. ask you, when I say Abigor mm-hmm. from hell, yes, I want to say, in your mind's eye, in that in that little, little part of your brain, what do you picture, what do you see, who is Abigor? Okay, when I hear Abigor... Mm-hmm. I think it's almost like a demonic twist on the term uh, uh, on the name uh, Albacore. I thought you meant the dance. No, no, demonic no. twist. Like don't worry, that'll that's gonna tie in. Uh, uh, but yes, it. I think of Albacore tuna. Huh. So huh. I'm pretty sure that this is just like a giant bright red fish, <laughs> and he's got a little uh, goatee. <laughs> and a little pitchfork in his fins. And, uh, yeah, he is dancing in an underwater hell doing the demonic twist. Uh, I like that. Yeah, that's Abagor, the demonic Albacore. Do you have any other guesses before I tell you how right you are? Nope, that's the one. You're 100% right. We did it. Game over. Whoo, another nothing but net. Yeah, Buzzer no. beater. No, I got to tell you, Shibs, you are you are not wholly correct in your no, guess. No, I am unholy correct. Unholy correct. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Thank you. I don't care if anyone else did. I loved it. No, I was there. You another layup. Now I, I have to I have to ask you, um, since I I have to explain Abigor to you, is there yes. a particular mode or method of explanation that would be most helpful for you to understand? One hundred percent. It is narrative fiction. Oh, excellent! Yes, I was hoping you wouldn't say you know anything else because that's what I prepared. It's for you. I mime. Prepared, I really I was prepared. hoping you would prepare a piece of mime. 
Yeah, that that always goes over well on an audio podcast. Yeah, let me. Well, what I would do is I would just describe. I'm gonna write the next story time as though you were miming out story time, <laughs> and I was describing it. That's really funny. I like that. That would be an incredible challenge. I might not do that. <laughs> well, I I would like to read to you now uh, a story time entitled Abigor. Great title, I guess. It's story time. It's story time. It's story time. It's story time with Uncle Monster. Story time! It's story time. It's story time. It's story time with Uncle Monster. Story time! Story time! time. (coughs) Beautiful. Beautiful. You navigate the aisles of the neighborhood Target store with a confidence in your step. You're wearing a turquoise shirt and orange sweatpants with a swatch, black BK nights, and socks of clashing hues. You have suffered from a severe case of colorblindness since birth, but it hasn't slowed you down. Knowing is half the battle, but matching colors doesn't figure into the war in your estimation. I'm looking fly either way. You take your colorblindness in stride, along with your speech impediment. That is an odd one. You speak perfectly, except you turn your THs into Ds. Not the worst affliction in the world, and another one that you take in stride. The same confident stride that carries you to the self-care aisle and target to find the self-tanner you came in for. You have to look your best tonight, as it will mark the first time you've ever performed stand-up comedy for a live audience. Oh, wow. Big night. Your name (laughs) is Jameson Andy. Okay. Hello there, you say to the Target employee as you pass. He turns quickly, his dreadlocks whipping around as he looks at you in confusion. What, what, did, what did you say to me? Hi, nice, nice to see you. Just need some help finding some self-tanner. The employee looks confused, but relaxes and cautiously points in the direction of the end of the self-care aisle before walking off. You find a wide selection of self-tanner, perfect to add a bronze glow that would dazzle tonight's audience. There were just so many shades to pick from. You reach for the box on the far left, assuming it to be the lightest shade possible. Mission accomplished. Zippity-doo-dah, you exclaim. You can hardly hold in your excitement. You pay for your purchase and hurry home to prepare for your big debut performance. Okay. You arrive back at your townhouse and quickly set out your clothes for the night. You put on the self-tanner so it has a while to sink in. You run your jokes one by one, and even though you know them by heart backwards and forwards, you are well-prepared, Jameson, and tonight would be special. Finally, you pick the song that you want to walk out to the stage to as per the club's instructions. You Google the perfect song and find one actually called the perfect song. By some guy who had scored some movie called uh, The Birth of a Nation. You can't imagine a more perfect song title than that. The perfect song. So you burn it to CD for the club DJ before applying a little extra self-tanner and settling down for a pre-show nap. Hours later, you are fully dressed in your cool Hugo Boss overalls with one side unpinned, entering the backstage door at Carlucci's. The comedy club was named after the famous and ultra-talented insult comic Brian Lucky Carlucci, who began his Mm. career here many moons earlier. You sit quietly, running your material in your head, waiting to hear your name announced by the MC all alone in the little back room. Finally, you hear an introduction that you can't make out, and then a booming voice announcing, Jameis and Andy! Joseph Breels, the perfect song plays, and you exit the back room to make your way to the stage and take your first step towards stardom. When you reach the stage, you adjust the mic with your head down as the audience eagerly awaits some high-quality comedy. Suddenly, you look up. The audience gasps. Jameis and Andy, you are in blackface. The self-tanner you picked was about the tone of Wesley Snipes, and you applied it twice. Just as the audience fully takes in the sight before them, but just before they can react, you grab the mic. Hello there, you say, with a wide smile on your face. You cannot see with the stage lights glaring down on you, but three couples have already gotten up and headed to the door. You begin your comedy set. Hi, guys. 
In my act, I like to talk about what's going on, all the awful stuff happening. I call them current reality things, or CRT for short. I hate CRT. Do you guys hate CRT? At this point, the audience begins to loudly boo. About half of the paying customers have left, and you, Jameson, have begun to notice. You are absolutely crestfallen. Nevertheless, you plow forward with your act. Okay. All right. Uh, Okay. Anyone else here have sleep issues? I got some sleep issues. You know, you really need to get your 8 to 10 nightly. I, I, I can't stand being woke. Loud boos rain down from all angles, and the audience begins to pitch food items and drinks at you on the stage. I Security hustle punchline was going to be. I wonder where that bit was going. <laughs> Security hustles towards you to escort you back to the dressing rooms as the MC tries to calm the crowd. Okay, everyone, that was Jameson Andy. Uh, very uh, interesting, Jameson. Uh, let, let, let's move on to our next comment. The booing is unending and follows you until the bouncer finally shuts the outer door of the club on you and leaves you in the quiet of the back alley behind Carlucci's, dejected and confused. Mm. You have no idea what happened tonight, but you, Jameson and Andy, are devastated. You try to hail a cab on the walk home, but no one will stop for you, even though the cabs seem to be on duty with no passengers. You decide to walk off the shame and embarrassment of your first night failure at comedy. Halfway home... You arrive at a crossroads and stumble across a drawing etched Mm. into the road. It appears to be some sort of seal or sigil. You brush the dirt away, and as your hand touches the seal, it begins to glow. Mm. It glows red. You back up. You instantly turn, but the world around you has boxed you into a dark corner. Wherever you walk, you are no further from the seal than when you started. Confused and terrified, you stand over the seal and look for a way out, and that's when he comes. A rider approaches on horseback. Mm. It's maybe the most terrifying steed you've ever seen. A skeleton of a horse with glowing red eyes covered in bronze armor with glowing symbols on it. The rider is a handsome man in a suit so out of place on this nightmare horse. Could this actually be happening? Um, hello there. You stammer as the rider approaches. Mm. Hello there? Seriously? Jesus Christ, exclaims the rider. Who are you? You stammer as the rider dismounts in one slick motion. I am Abigor, great archduke of hell, the mm. profane one, the marquis of abomination. Is this a Robert Johnson ding? Are you, are, are you Satan? I serve Satan. I am Elagos, the better of Flority. And I'm here to grant you your desires. Jameson, you realize what was happening at this moment. You were being offered anything and everything. There was no limit to who you could be and what you could do. What do I have to give you in return? It depends what you want, Mr. Andy, says Apagor, stroking Simone, his skeletal steed. I want... I want to be the greatest comic in the world. Abigor smiles and said, Then it shall be done. All I need in return is your immortal soul. Jameson, you pause at that. Your soul? You think back to the crowd laughing at you. The security ushering you out. Standing alone in the alley with one side of your overalls unpinned. You look up to Abigor, pause, and then slowly nod your head in agreement. Abigor smiles, and at that moment you see his true form. A gargoyle-like demon, black and charred from hell, with great onyx horns and a malevolent grin. He snaps his fingers and a great flash obscures your vision. You fall to the ground. When you open your eyes, you are back in the back room of Carlucci's with a strange large suitcase in your hand. Before you can question what is happening, you hear the MC announce, Jameson Andy! You walk to the stage, and as if driven by an unknown force, begin to tell jokes. Not Mm. just your normal jokes, but each one accompanied by a jokey, weird gizmo that you pull from your suitcase on stage. You are unable to stop. No matter how hard you try, you are on autopilot. The audience laughs and laughs as you humiliate yourself. You should have been more specific. You asked Abigor to be the greatest comic in the world... So he made you the greatest prop comic in the world. 
as your body is forced by some unknown force through the Gallagher-like motions of the routine, a tear slides down your face. This seven-minute set would never end for you, Jameis and Andy, prop comic. Welcome to hell. Dun, dun, dun. What do you think? Great stuff. Great stuff. Thank you. Fine work. Thank you very much. Nothing respect, uh, nothing but respect for uh, any prop comics in the office. Uh, I am going to mention one thing. Yes. Uh, when you said current reality things, that should have been current reality dings. Yeah, but then it would have been CRT, so I actually it did It would have been back. spelled the same way. Uh, he just has a speech impediment. You're right, but I thought it would throw the audience off. It threw me off the other way. Oh, did it? Yeah. Here. Current reality dings. Now you can Perfect. edit it back in. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm 100% going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so Was he's that... a demon from hell, huh? He is a demon from hell. He's a he, real He's a demon. crossroads demon. Oh, I added the crossroads. Okay. But he's, he's, he is a literal, actual Christian mythology demon from hell i think you mean christian reality i think this is yes i'm gonna go i'm gonna jump right now up to is it real and say yes oh absolutely real and he is in hollywood <laughs> tell me you didn't laugh when it was james and andy <laughs> i laughed when it was james and andy i okay. was I, I, obviously i got nervous but i'm gonna say i think you pulled it off I'm yeah no i there was one. no hate in there at all Come no on. no i'm gonna I got a little bit nervous when he said hello, Dare. It's always that's a touch and go moment, but I yeah, think yeah, well, speech impediment, you know. Yeah, and then are we making fun of people with speech? Imp- Any listeners out there with speech impediments? We but that's you. a non-existent speech impediment. The we hope that you don't D. find yourself in a similar unpleasant misunderstanding in your attempts to pursue your <laughs> dream as a stand-up comic. <laughs> oh my God! Would you like to learn a little bit more about Abigail, or actually? Do you have any uh, facts for us? Because this week, I I take it that you're doing the facts. Yes. What happened was, Ethan told me Abigor, and he told me from hell. And I said, and then you said, not like the Johnny Depp movie. And I said, I could do Alan Moore facts. I could talk about comics on the podcast. Hey there, listeners. tell them what the connection between from hell and Alan Moore is? Alan Moore wrote the comic book from hell that the feature length film from hell is based on. There you go. So with that, we have for you... Layla presents Alan Moore Facts. Alan Moore, the greatest of all time. Alan Moore is wildly... Fuck a doodle, too. (laughs) Alan Moore is widely uh, considered one of the greatest comic writers of all time. He won Eisner Awards, the highest award in comics, for writing in 1988 for Watchmen. Uh, in 1989 for Batman Killing Joke. In 1995, 96, and 97, he won for From Hell. And in 2000, he won for League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Just to name a few of his accolades. Uh, he was also put in the Eisner Hall of Fame in 2014. That's amazing. Yeah, no, he is, he is legit. Just for people who are not familiar with Alan Moore and why I'm talking about him, it is because he is... Uh, inarguably, you're going to have to put him in your list of top 10 comics writers of all time. Amazing. Uh, fact number two. The Wizard of Comics. In 1993, on his 40th birthday, Moore stated his dedication to being a ceremonial magician, huh. saying it was the logical end step to his career as a writer. In 2001, he stated in an interview, uh, one word balloon in From Hell completely hijacked my life. The character says something like, I have no idea what this man sounds like. <laughs> uh, the one place gods inarguably exist is in the human mind. After I wrote that, I realized I'd accidentally made a true statement. And now I'd have to rearrange my entire life around it. Whoa. The only thing that seemed to be really appropriate was to become a magician. So those are just our first two Alan Moore facts. Uh, with wait, that, wait a second. <laughs> How did he come to that conclusion that he had to be a magician? That Because he wrote in From Hell a character saying something to the effect, 
The God one place God inarguably exists is in the human mind. And so right, with that but- knowledge that he had granted himself, <laughs> he realized that it must be true. And if he can access that kind of truth with his amazing magical brain, he must be a magician. Oh, all right. So he's crazy. I understand. No. Oh. Sure. I mean, get, let's get back to talking about Abagor. Yeah. Let's well, bring it back down created. to earth. Tell me, tell me more about Abagor. Tell me about this big boy. Okay. Well, Abagor, uh, yeah, also not known Satan as, himself, also known as Elagos or Elagor, is the fifteenth spirit of the Ars. Go- uh, how do you say Gosha or Goetia? Or do you know that word? Uh, I I would say Goetia. Goetia. But that's a guess. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, I think it, if it's from Latin, I tend to pronounce all the letters in Latin. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Well, that would be go go goetia. Yeah, something like that. All right. Abigor can divine secrets within oneself or outside in the world, so he knows hidden things. Okay. Shit. Yeah, he knows every like he knows like the last time you masturbated. He knows everything about you. Damn. So uh, you know who this guy would love is the Badalisk. Oh, yeah. Uh, he will also love... Who's the one that knows when you're going to die? Oh, uh, that's uh, the Angelistor. Yes, he would love the Angelistor. Yes. Because uh, demons are prone to love. That's uh, true. Uh, but look at this. He causes love between people sometimes. Oh, he's not so bad. He's like Cupid, but a demon. He's like an evil Cupid. That's really right. sweet. He's okay. Yeah, well... Uh, Love's uh, not, there's nothing wrong with love. It's always beautiful. He can be essential if you if you uh, make use of him in battles, but not just in war. He can he can be useful in legal cases. Okay, so you can Good summon him if you're suing someone. All right, and I will. Uh, so how do I summon him? You're talking about summoning. Oh, we we'll get there. All right, beautiful. We're Listeners, actually going to summon tuned. him. Yes, as we summon Abagor live. This here could go on very podcast. wrong. Yes. Get ready for this to turn into a found footage horror <laughs> podcast. According to the Grand Grimoire, is it mm. Grimoire? Grimoire, yeah. Abigor is a direct subordinate of Flority, who is the direct subordinate to Satan. Okay, so he's uh, two steps down from the big man. Third in line to the throne. Okay. So, oh, so, but it's a line. It's not like a pyramid where Satan has like several direct reports. Uh, and he, then that he guy does, but this is, this is the line of... Like, this is the line of succession. Yeah, this is the, he's the third in succession, because you'll see why. With his he's title. like the president of the Senate. Exactly. <laughs> uh, he's more loyal to Satan than he is to his uh, direct superior, Flora T. And okay. there's some competition there. There's a little bit of, you know, like, Satan, look what I'm doing. And Flora T is like, but look what I'm doing, you know? Got it. But Flora T's got the upper hand right now. Well, yeah, he's a higher-ranking demon, yes. But but Abigor, he's got that dog in him. Oh, he does. And uh, he sometimes appears as a handsome man in mm. a red coat and a copper helmet on a red horse. Okay, like a, like a fox hunting situation? Exactly. I love it. Uh, he's also sometimes pictured as a ghostly specter riding a skeleton-winged horse. Much creepier. Yeah, that's more like in a story. Yeah, the only, the only thing I have to worry about the other one is that uh, he's English. <laughs> We're going hunting. Get the uh, fuck away from me. <laughs> Abigor was among the order of angels that fell from grace after joining Lucifer's rebellion. Okay, okay. That's cool, right? Yeah, all right. So he used to be uh that's that he probably took love with him from when he was an angel. Exactly. There you go. Uh he was noted for his impressive record in strategic warfare in the battle against heaven. All right, out there fucking it up. Yeah, no, he killed some angels. All right. I, I guess I need to be thumbs down. I guess I should be on God's side in this story. So, a boo to war criminal Abigor. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, he didn't... I mean, you know, Lucifer had some points. Boo to the devil. Yay yeah, for no, God. Yeah, no, yay for God, always. I mean, yeah. just because I don't want to get hit by lightning. I mean, that's the main reason. Yeah. Um, ultimately, he was defeated and cast out by Michael alongside and God alongside yeah. his fallen comrades. After his descent into hell, 
in the establishment of the Infernal Kingdom, he was appointed as the Great Archduke of Hell. That's a great title. That is so... That should be on your business card. Uh, I think uh, the post office might be upset with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the post office doesn't stand for that kind of stuff. No, no, not a really joke. Postmaster people. slash great archduke of hell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Abigor is famous in hell, in fact, for his skill in warfare and his they successes in the war with heaven. He's like a mini celebrity kind of dude. Okay. Like a like a General Petraeus. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. Less war crimes, probably. Colin Powell, like a Colin Powell. Oh, God. He didn't lie <laughs> to start the war. I'm having a hard time. Like a Mad Dog Mattis. Oh, God. Um, Abigor is a knight of the Order of the Fly, which sounds okay. so cool. Also, another great title. Yeah, he's got... Devil's s- handing out the good titles. I'll give him Seriously. that. Seriously. Like, what angels have cool titles? Cherubim? Well, you know, I bet you go to, like... If I knew the the similar titles that somebody like Gabriel would have, I Michael, would have some like Michael titles. and Gabriel and those guys, yeah, yeah, they probably have some like commander flaming of the sword, the, yeah, the the horn that brings the dawn, shit like that. Yeah, you're the horn that brings the dawn. Thank you. <laughs> to me, uh, Abigor also appears as a handsome man holding a standard or a scepter. Okay, uh, he can see the future. Sick. So the future's already determined. Yeah. So well, I don't with... know if he's right. He sees the future. He, I, don't, okay, he see, he I sees, think he sees a future. He sees a possible future. A possible future. Because, I mean, I don't think any... You know, that's too... That's OP. You can't see the future. Yeah, yeah. That That's more of a God problem. He teaches leaders how to win the loyalty of soldiers. And in hell, he commands 60 legions of demons. Okay, so how many demons total are we talking? How many in a legion? A legion is a unit of demons. Okay, there How many are six thousand six hundred and sixty-six demons per legion. Okay, a lot of sixes I'm seeing here. Yep, I wonder because why. of yeah. the devil number. Yes, Johann Weir uh, or Weir catalog demons listing seventy-two princes. Captain Miller, who commanded legions. <laughs> We've got some problems here. <laughs> oh, Event Horizon is very much a part of the story. Thank God. Um, yeah, is he the one that was on the Event Horizon? Yeah, we're. No, no, was Abigor on the Event Horizon? Yes, that was. He's the one they saw in Hell. There you go. Um. The, oh my God, that would be so cool if he was. Yeah. Um. Listen Yohan, to our episode about Event Horizon. It's on the main feed, or subscribe to our Patreon. Johan, we are catalog demons listing seventy-two princes who commanded legions totaling seven million four hundred five thousand. 926 underling demons. Woo! The legions are organized in military fashion with ranks and specific duties assigned to each demon. That's duties with a T. I'm the cook. <laughs> yeah, but the cook can be dangerous like in uh, that Steven Seagal movie. Under Siege. Under Siege, right. Yeah, he was classic. super dangerous. Yeah. I'm uh, the barber. <laughs> makes me laugh i'm sorry the legions uh attend their princes and Mm. they are dispatched by satan to infest oppress and possess victims damn that is a sick slogan they should put that on their uh, patches infest oppress and possess yeah um this is from the lesser key of solomon the king uh Mm. written by sl mcgregor mathers great jewish king solomon yeah Finally, uh, some representation in this episode of the Chosen People. Elagos. The 15th spirit in order is Elagos. That's Abigor. A okay. great duke and appeareth in the form of a goodly, that means handsome, knight. So carrying he's a lance. the 15th in order? Yes, this is from, the, but that's from the Lesser Key of Solomon. That's not from the. So uh, there the used to be more that were outranked him? Or is yes. that order different? No, to... no, no, no. It's just the order in which they're described. This is a human book. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he this saved... is not an official ranking. This is just the order in which the. This human is just wrote his own it. personal top 10. Yeah, this is S.L. McGregor's. 
Yeah, this is just S.L. McGregor. This is my top 20 demons of all time. <laughs> Obviously, a lot of people thought Albagor would be ranking higher because of his position in the structure, but I find it to be very straightforward. He's just not as compelling as a lot of the other demons that we've seen on the list. But Which you can't knock with. him. He's hungry. He's hungry, and that's his most compelling aspect. So clocking in at number 15, boop, on the big board, it's Abagor. <laughs> Let me see Abagor. Oh, damn. Oh. Uh, he appeareth in the form of a goodly knight, carrying a mm. lance, an ensign, and a serpent, which, of course, one carries, a serpent. Yeah, yeah. you don't want to leave your serpent at home. He discovereth hidden things, and knoweth things to come, and of wars, and how the soldiers will and shall meet. Mm. He causeth the love of lords and great persons. So okay. he only deals in the love of uh, the wealthy and the famous. Probably because that can lead to, you know, further strife. Exactly. He what governeth 60 legions of spirits and his seal, a seal, it, I, I see it. His seal is like an arrow with a snake around it. Okay. Uh, and I'll Kinda tell you. Kind of like a Caduceus situation? Ex a little bit. Okay. It's more like a spear with a snake kind of coiled around it. Okay. A seal in magic is a symbol unique to a demon, angel, okay. or other occult force, and you use it in rituals to summon specific spirits. Yes, I do do that. Yes, and they're also called sigils, um, derived from the Latin sigillum. Uh, seals can okay. be likened to a form of shorthand that enable a magician to set in motion forces or summon spirits into awareness and to control them. A magician like Alan Moore. Or like you. Or like me in this situation. Right. Seals alone do not call forth spirits, but serve okay. as a physical focus through which the practitioner magician achieves a, des a desired state of mind. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Their primary purpose is to stimulate the imagination of the magician mm. in accordance with the purpose of a ritual. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You really It helps you focus. A seal is given energy via vis visualization. Okay. Chanting and intensity okay. of will. Okay. This sounds a lot like pornography. What? You know, it just helps you focus. What in pornography is like a demon seal? Well, they both let evil inside of your heart. <laughs> okay, John McCain. <laughs> is I'm rap sorry, music also uh, on your docket? Like what? <laughs> Uh, according to the Lemageton, uh, mm -hmm. one of the principal the Lemageton. yes, one of the principal grimoires, a seal okay. must be worn on the breast, otherwise the spirit will not obey. No, you gotta get it right on that titty. On the titty. Uh, um, now I mentioned the Lemageton. Yes, the Lemageton. Yes, this is one of the most famous or infamous magical texts of the 17th century. Mm. A complete compendium of magic as understood by Elizabethan magus. Mm. It contained detailed instructions for the conjuration and control of spirits. It's considered by many to be the primary source work in goetic evocation. Okay, so a real foundational text. Ex that's, yeah, exactly. Uh, and uh, evocation is what, do you know? Uh, uh, summoning. Uh, summoning or... of spirits, exactly. Yeah. In ancient Greece, evocation was calling up the souls of the dead, or... Uh, necromancy? Necromancy! Is you are good, right. dude. Well, uh, what can I say? I play a lot of Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, that purpose was to consult with the dead for oracular purposes, uh, but it, it's not with demons, <laughs> usually. No. Uh, Normally not. That, that came up around the 17th century with the uh, Luminetta. Lemageton? Lemageton, that's it. Yes. And that book is also known as the Lesser Key of Solomon. You ever heard of that? Uh, yeah, I think you were. Uh, we were just talking about it like five minutes ago. Yeah, it instructs the reader in the summoning and compelling of spirits, and um, it's tied to the belief that the biblical King Solomon was given power over demons and yep. used this power to enslave a number of infernal beings to complete the work of his great temple. And we talked a little bit about that in our episode about estries. 
So check That's out right. our episode on estries earlier this season. That is really good. I didn't remember that. Yeah. Yeah, he um, forged his ring that allowed him to control demons after a run-in with an estri. The tradition from which the Lemagaton stems, however, is much older. Uh, mm. Many of the spirits that appear in this work can be found in other manuscripts, such as the Pseudomonarchia Daimonum. And okay. that's by, that's Weir's book, Johann Weir. That's his book, the guy from... Captain uh, Miller! <laughs> yes, the captain of the uh, Event Horizon wrote the Pseudomonarchia Daimonum. We've got some problems here! In 1563, and he still lived to make that movie. And Beautiful also, stuff. the Munich Handbook, which is a 15th century necromancer's handbook. Okay, it's not just a tourist guide to Munich. No, no, it's a, it's a, it a necromancer's how-to guide. Does it have that? Does it also just have like fun spots around Munich? It also shows you, uh, yeah, spots around town to spend time in, and like you know where yeah, the gazebo where you can is. Get the best currywurst. Yeah, yeah, it has, yeah, just fun spots around town and how to summon demons. It sounds like a great twofer. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good book. I mean, I don't think you can find many around. Uh, we should try to find the Munich Handbook. Sounds good. Uh, the Lemagetan is composed of five books, the Ars Goetia, mm -hmm. the Ars Sturgia, the Pauline Art, the Almadel, and the Ars Notoria. Okay, the Goetias, sometimes known as the Thurgia Goetias, deals with spirits that are expressly identified as evil. Okay, that, yeah, you want to start with those. Yeah, I mean, that's what we're talking about here. Uh, this is not a unique work, but a style of book that was popular in the Middle Ages and Renaissance. There were a lot of things like this going around, because they okay. believed, uh, you know, they were really into this stuff back then. Yeah, no, it was a boom time for the art and science of demonology. <laughs> yeah, but not for art and science. No, unfortunately not. No, just they, they're putting a lot of eggs in the demon basket. Yeah, uh, that always works out well. Uh, no. That always ends up with someone getting burned. Yeah, well, you know, there's just there's a lot of oranges in that bunch. Yeah, as this suggests, the Lemagaton has uh, come down to us, that, that has come down to us is not uh, a book that was written from cover to cover by the same person, but okay. a compilation of related manuscripts. Interesting. They were not all composed at the same time, the books of the Lemagaton. Mm -hmm. uh, and the Goetia is the oldest by uh, at least a few hundred years. So like a demonic Talmud. Ex th this is the demon Talmud. That's exactly right. Okay, there we go. That's the best way to put it. I could have just So like the normal part. Talmud. Am I right, Christian listeners? <laughs> that was a good um, anti-Semitic joke. Thank you. Now we're even. Hello there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I meant. <laughs> now you can't complain. Um, yeah. So now I would like to uh, just go through. Um, I just wanted to read some Latin. So uh, I would mm -hmm. like to. <laughs> I just wanted to read from the actual Pseudomonarchia Daimonum by Captain Weir. All right. Uh, Captain Miller. My Elegor. dead wife is in this tunnel with me. Wait, do you want to read it as Captain Miller? Uh, I could try. Can you send me in the Latin? Text? Here, Captain Miller, would you please read from the Pseudomonarchia Daimonum? Elegor, alias Abegor, <laughs> Dox Magnus, apparat et ut miles pulcum remus lancaeum vexillum. Let's get from Portans! <laughs> Plene de occultis! Respondet! Atque bellis! And commodo milites occorare debeant! Futurascit! And gratium apud omnes dominos! At milites conciliat. Presidat sesiginta ledianibus. Okay, thank you, Captain Weir. Whew. That means save yourself from hell. Very good. Um, now, would you give me some uh, Alan Moore facts? Sure. So you don't have a translation for that? Oh, yeah, I do. Uh, let's hear I just wanted to quick. hear you read it. Um... <laughs> Elagor, alias Abagor, is a great duke, and appeareth as a goodly knight, carrying a lance, an ensign, and a scepter. 
He answereth fully of things hidden and of wars, and how soldiers should meet. He knoweth things to come and procureth the favor of lords and knights, governing sixty legions of divils. Okay, it says so divils. It really the says same divils. Thing. Fair enough. They so said the, the divils same thing back that you then. read before. Yeah, yeah, that's why okay. I wasn't going to read the. <laughs> okay, you could have just said that. Yeah, but it was fun to read divils. All right, fair enough. Uh, so uh, then I guess that just leads us naturally into a Layla presents Alan Moore facts. The man of a thousand names. Actually, it's more like uh, six names. Alan Moore has uh, six different names that he's written under. Uh, he has been credited as Alan Moore, Kurt Vile, <laughs> Jill DeRay, Brilburn Logue, and what? Translucia Baboon. <laughs> wait, what was the Vile one? Kurt Vile. I want that to be... Wait, which one would you pick? I would be Kurt Vile. Oh, you took Kurt Vile. All right, well, I'll take his remaining one. Uh, reprints of some of his work have been credited to the original writer when Moore has requested that his name be removed. So you'll be the original writer. Okay. Wait, okay, so this is Uncle Monster with... The original writer and Kurt Vile. Yes. That's great. That sounds cool. Yeah. Tune in for our new, longer, more complicated name. <laughs> the Lawsuit of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Writer-director uh, Larry Cohen, famous for the films It's Alive, God Told Me To, Cue the Winged Serpent, and The Stuff, mm. uh, sued 20th Century Fox for stealing the idea for the movie The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen from his unproduced screenplay, which was entitled Cast of Characters. Moore, who had written the comic book League of Extraordinary Gentlemen that the film was actually based on, responded by saying, They seem to believe that the head of 20th Century Fox called me up and persuaded me to steal this screenplay, turning it into a comic book they could then adapt back into a movie to camouflage petty larceny. <laughs> <laughs> That's a slick statement. Yeah. All right, and I've got one more Alan Moore fact, which we'll save for our final break. Okay, Do well... Do you have more Abigor for me? Uh, I I am done with Abigor. That is That, that pretty much sums up the great Archduke of Hell. <sighs> but, I mean, he can do a lot of things, Shibby. The amount of things he can do is crazy. It's crazy, but can it love... A werewolf ain't my dad, but it's not so bad. It might sound crazy, but can it love? Can it give me a kiss? Can it hold my hand? Would it say I love you? Does it understand? Does it know that I've never felt this way before? There's a full moon tonight. So romantic, and this might sound crazy, but can it love? Can it love? Um, you know, I'm gonna say that he mm -hmm. doesn't love, okay, but deep inside. He's able to, because he was an angel at some point, and you cannot fully uh, kind of eradicate that from his existence, even though he's locked it so deep inside that it's almost, it's almost as if it never existed, but he can never fully eradicate it. He has love in him. That's interesting, because I would argue... Yes, please. ...that angels are not capable of love. Because the free choice... Yes, because that is part of uh, God's gift to man. But they love. But uh, angels love God. It's true. So they they're able God. to love. Yeah. So, and I, I would have to believe that the uh, demons could somehow be reformed. Otherwise, God would surely destroy them outright. So I, uh, I would have to say then that yeah, I would say he is capable of love. Wait, is everyone capable of being reformed? 
Uh, I would say all devils and demons are. Otherwise, what about pedophiles? Uh, I mean, I think in some sort of larger spiritual sense, there must be some way to do that. I say no. Um, Fair enough. So you think that he cannot love? Uh, I think that he can. Oh, okay. I, so we I agree. Think he could be reformed and returned to loving God. Okay. So you think deep inside him is the there is some ability to love? I think so. Okay, we agree then. Abigor can love, but... But what's your first date? Oh, first date. I think what we do is we get some sinners. Okay, sounds good. Um, We flay them. Okay. And we pour salt on them so we can hear them. Because sc- I think he's used to this. You know, I think we got to keep him in his element. Otherwise, he's going to be uncomfortable. You don't want a date to be uncomfortable on a first date. You want them to feel at home. You know, you want them to feel like they're trying something new, but not altogether new. So we're going to flay some sinners, pour salt on them so there's some screams in the background. But then we're going to watch a show that I like called Undercover Underage, in which a woman named Rue Powell from New Haven uh, is a decoy, and she catches sexual predators, and then they prosecute them. And it's really a great show. And I think oh, that sure Abigor is already watches. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, because he just can't wait to torture them. And I think that that's why he would be like, oh, my God, they're going to be in hell so soon. You know, like, I can't wait. Yeah, because they're probably going to die in prison. Yeah, and then they're going to go straight to hell where they belong. Well, um, I'm going to go a different way. Okay. Uh, I'm going to think Abigail probably gets enough torture at work. Oh, that's a great point. And I think probably Abigail probably is going to... uh, Used to sort of being in charge. I think they're going to want someone else to take the lead. I think that'll be mm. a nice break. So we're going to do what I want to do for once. Mm. We're going to go get some ice cream. That's great. It's summertime. We're going to go on a nice ice cream day. And can and- he fuck? <laughs> what flavor? Oh well, I mean, I'd like to see what they have because I like to get whatever's unique to this place. You know? Yeah, you like to try a new flavor. But yeah, if uh, obviously if they don't uh, have anything that looks exciting, I'll go for that classic, loved by boys around the world. That's right, rum raisin. That's what you like, really? Uh, no, I did as a child for some reason. That's we- and that's my bizarre. wife think that's really funny. Yeah. That is bizarre. You really liked rum raisin ice cream? Yeah, that was my go-to. What? What is it now? I don't know. Whatever they got that looks good. Maybe something with peanut butter in it. Yeah, I like I like chocolate with peanut butter, actually. Yeah, great combo. All right, so he can love, he can go on a date, but can he fuck? That sounds crazy, but can he fuck? I think all demons can fuck. Okay, I mean, that's fair. And I think uh, largely supported by what we know about demons. I bet this guy fucks. Yeah, I, I mean, it's just, it's in their nature. I mean, and also, what? why would there be a hell if there was no sex in it? Like, I picture heaven being very sexless. Now, here's the flip side of this coin. That heaven just is where to, you go to have to a lot of sex. Just to play God's advocate. Okay. <laughs> there is the uh, idea that uh, sexuality is a gift from God. No, it is. I agree with that. And so maybe in their fallen state, they are deprived of it. Or maybe oh. angels in general were never given that gift. Like maybe, they're, maybe they're like Ken dolls. Yeah, they might be like Ken dolls down there. But then again, he's an angel that was cast out. So maybe he yeah. grew, a, grew some sort of genital. Yeah, and not to say that... You don't you, even need a genital. Your, your body, yeah, dictates your ability to do sex. That's what I'm saying, yeah. To a complete sense. But I think... I I bet that you know what I bet they get horny but they never fuck. Maybe they do sex stuff but not intercourse. Yeah, I th- I think part Spanking. of being, the torture of being a demon is being constantly frustrated. Oh, maybe you know what I like that. I okay, so it okay, so Abigor wants to fuck but cannot. Yeah, he can never be sexually truly uh, satisfied. He oh, he must be so angry. That like, that, that post come glow. Oh, he would look so great with that glow. Yeah. It's fight night. Ding, ding, ding.
fight. We have. We, oh my. We have the demon from hell, Abigor, versus how many? Prime, seven foot one, three hundred and thirty pound Shaquille O'Neal's. All right. Question. Yes. Is Abigor on horseback? He arrives on horseback. He does. He dismounts the horse to fight. Is he still in the form of a knight? Yes, he's a knight of the Order of the Fly. All right, so I will say that he is probably armed and armored. Yes. He's wearing his bronze armor and his copper helmet. Okay, that that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough for one shack. It is. I think you're going to need enough shacks. And let's and this is not even assuming that there is any hypothetical I, Do we know anything about strength? Physical strength, fighting abilities, magic What would powers. you imagine? I would imagine a demon is stronger than a guy. I would imagine a demon is, let's say, as strong as a gorilla. Okay, so he's as strong as a he's third of a He's got that gorilla strength. Uh, I'm going to give him the raw strength of, like, six shacks. Okay, so, right, because one gorilla is a sixth of a shack. No, no, a shack is one-sixth gorilla. You think a gorilla is stronger than a Shaquille O'Neal? Do you have any idea how fucking strong a gorilla is? Do you is? have it's any like, idea how fucking strong Shaquille O'Neal is? Travis got, the Chimp ripped a car door, a car off of a police car. Shaq would have ripped the police car off the door. No. <laughs> I'm going to say Shaq has, on his best, he's going to be comparable to a Travis. Okay, let's call Shaq's strength equal to Travis. Okay. And so, but a gorilla, I say, stronger than a chimp. Right. Okay. I, all right. I'll give you that. So I will say that just based on physical strength, not saying like, oh, he's going to use magic powers on him. He's not going to like shoot flames out of his mouth because we right. don't have any specific. No magic. But he is armed and armored. So imagine fighting a gorilla wearing plate mail. Oh, wow. And it has... Uh, a scepter to pummel you with. But imagine you're as quick, as agile, as yes. strong, as fast. There's a twitch. path to victory here. Yeah. I don't think one shack has got it. No, I agree with you. This is a demon from hell. I think you hell. need enough shacks to overpower him and pin him to the ground. So six because of your math. I'm going to say seven because he's armed. Oh. I, you know what? I don't, I don't disagree. Yeah, I'm going to say seven... And Abigor could take seven on a good day. Yeah, I'm with you. He is, after all, also a general in hell. He has a lot of specific uh, fighting training. Great Archduke. Great Archduke and he, a knight. So He commandeth 60 legions. Yeah. And in hell, I'm sure that's the kind of place where you got to fight to get some respect. Ship, he might bring 60 legions with him. I, 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 don't, I don't think that counts. Okay, well, he's not bringing his Just legions. like Prime Shaq couldn't bring the Orlando Magic with him. Oh, that's a good point, because if he brought um, Dennis Scott, you know, he could... Yeah, that's a game changer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Dennis Scott is like 5'11". Um, we have... He's got that dog in him. Fight, fight night number two. Abigor versus Alistair. Mr. Crowley versus a real demon. Okay, so Alistair Crowley, famous wizard... <laughs> Um, I feel like if he had as much control and magical abilities as he had claimed, he would still be alive. That's so, true. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say that Abigor, uh, Abigor's got him. I think Abigor's got him. Obliterates him. Absolutely. I think that was an excellent point. If he was such a powerful magician, he would not have just been taken from this mortal coil. Yeah, he, he probably would have done something so he didn't die. Number three. Abigor versus Sandoval and Rachel once they go to hell for what they did to Ariana. I can't believe what Raquel and Scandoval did to Ariana when they when they did sex to each other. They did to each other. They did it to each other and you know it's Raquel it's not right. <laughs> it's not right. It's not right. You can't do that. I mean, they're friends. really evil. So, I mean, this is quite a battle. They're truly evil people who should be in prison. Yes. 
and they should be tortured in prison and executed until they die and they Probably. should be executed yes. in public yeah and if the police don't do what's right you listeners <laughs> need to get out there you can't say that <laughs> you need allegedly to allegedly <laughs> kill Scandaval. <laughs> okay, we are we are making a joke. You you do not need This to... is not satire. This <laughs> is legally actionable. <laughs> Allegedly it is. Allegedly. Um how does he how does he deal with them because they are evil? Uh well, I imagine he's going to Well, I don't know how much time he has for torturing. Is he a big torture guy or does he delegate that? Um, I think he takes some time to do it himself, but I, I, I don't think he spends the majority of his time doing it. He seems like a lead from the front kind of guy. But I think that they're such notable people in hell once they arrive that he would be like, I'll take care of this myself. Yes, yeah, everybody in hell is obviously going to know about Scandaval. They're already waiting for them. And che- cheating on Ariana yeah. with Raquel. Yeah. It's not appropriate. So who would win? So uh, I'm going to put this one on Abigail. Okay. We have Abigor versus Voldemort. Mm, from Harry Potter. Yes, that is correct. Good. <laughs> the wizarding world of Harry Potter. <laughs> Lumos. In Magico. <laughs> <laughs> mm, I can't wait to eat these disgusting jelly beans. Spellius. Magical chocolate frog. Don't mind if I do. <laughs> Pop it to my mouth, you frog. Oh, I love it, feeling it squirm and melt. I'm not a pervert. Uh, I'm going to put this one on Abigor. Really? Fuck Harry Potter. <laughs> we have Abigor versus Alec Baldwin, but all he has to defend himself is a prop gun. Well, 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 they, well. Who's who's on? Is this a union shop that's yes. running the props? Oh, yep. if it's union, then yeah, he he will not be able to effectively stop Abigor. That is correct. This this was done right. I yes, a union could have gotten Alec Baldwin killed, which is why I'm anti-union. Abigor versus Lorraine Warren, the medium, and Ed Warren, the statutory rapist. Okay, so neither of them have any demon control abilities. Well, in the movies, and one they of them do. is uh, a rapist, a statutory rapist, a statutory rapist, which is a rapist. Yes, I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> letting him off the hook. I was just defining yeah. his rapistness. Yes, the the specifics. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna put this one on Abigor. Last but not least, we have Abigor versus the supernatural guys. Okay, obviously that you're talking about good old Dean and Sammy, the Winchester guys. Uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle. What? Like the? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, they call each other that. Moose and Squirrel. Moose is there. You go. Very good. They they go. I call them handsome feelings. They are very good looking, man. Yes, and uh, I've got I got to put it on the Winchesters. I think don't count them out. They've taken down tougher. They they've I mean like haven't they beaten the devil? I think they, uh, by the end of the show, they end up beating the concept of creation itself. <laughs> Where do you go from there? I mean, really? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure they do end up murdering God. I know they murder the concept of death. <laughs> the concept of death. Oh, that's right. I saw that episode. They, they use a scythe. It was a season finale, yeah. With a scythe, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, with his own scythe. Um, yeah, if I remember right. Now, I'd like to get to... I, I just can't wait. I'd like one more um, uh, Alan Moore fact. One All more right, Alan for... Moore fact. <laughs> <laughs> Only on Uncle Monster, folks. <laughs> Layla presents Alan Moore facts. V is for vehemently opposing filmed adaptations. While doing press for the film V for Vendetta... Producer Joel Silver stated that one of the producers, Lana Wachowski, had been in touch with Moore and that he was excited about what Lana had to say. Moore instantly demanded that DC Comics demand that Warner Brothers issue an apology and a retraction for these blatant lies. (laughs) 
Moore was quoted as saying that the comic book had been specifically about things like fascism and anarchy. Those words, fascism and anarchy, occur nowhere in the film. <laughs> it's been turned into a Bush-era parable by people too timid to set a political satire in their own country. <laughs> Moore later said that he wishes his name to be removed from all comic work that he does not own, including Watchmen and B for Vendetta. He also announced that he would not allow his name to be used in any future film adaptations of works he does not own, nor would he accept any money from such adaptations. Well, that's silly. You gotta res respect his integrity. Uh, no, no, I no. Mean, I, I, I like that he won't put his name on it, but what is but I'll not take the money. Why, yeah, why not take the money and give it to charity? Yeah, yeah, you should at least, yeah, take the money. But I mean, hey, it'll, it'll end up not going to charity if you don't take it. But he just he just doesn't want to legitimize it. He he views his comics work as like this is the primary object. Okay, what's like, more important, are... your integrity about your comics work or charity? I mean, I can never ask anyone else to put a price on their integrity. Okay, but I I, I can ask someone to help. I can ask someone to realize that helping less fortunate people is more important than than you know, which name is on what comic book. Listen, you disagree. You, you disagree. I'm, I'm saying I'm in no place to judge. Okay, well, I think that helping people is the most... I think helping needy people is one of the most important things there is in this world, and a, a fight over credits in a comic book doesn't rise to that level. I gotta tell you, I'm quaking in my boots. I see... You know, I see that you've gone a shade whiter than normal, which is amazing. Yes, yes, I'm now translucent. Yeah, yeah, I see your veins. Yes, they are completely empty <laughs> because I am so afeard of the demon Abagor and his legions of demon servants. All 60. All 60 each with 6,666 demons yep. at his beck and call ready to destroy my life. Is it real? Is real? Check it, Bavakasha. Hey, um, do you believe in God, Chip? I'm not sure. I believe in a creative force that created something to start this world, and that to me is God. I do believe in God, and everything about me is atheist. Like, everything about me screams atheist, and I'm not. I believe mm -hmm. in a God. I do. I don't believe in a God that watches and like uh, you know changes things and interferes like I, i'm not mm -hmm. i'm a deist basically is that a deist sure right so um i i don't believe in that like he's watching over you and doesn't want you to masturbate but i do believe uh uh, uh something had to start everything and spark existence and that mm -hmm. something is god to me so if the god watchman. is real then why why couldn't abigor be why not i i think is real you heard it here first, folks. Abigor is real. Hell is real. <laughs> Watch out. You yes. could be next. What is and that like? it looks light? like we're getting the red light from <laughs> Monster. I saw it. Oh, my goodness. Hey, hey. Uncle, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm great. That was an awesome show. What would you think of it? I thought it was awesome, too. Well, what are we going to do in the time until our next show? Well, you should watch a movie. That's an excellent idea, but what movie? You should watch Cruising. What? what, what, what cruising? Cruising starring Al Pacino <laughs> as an undercover cop. When did that come out? It came out, I want to say, late 70s, early <laughs> 80s. What happens in that movie, Uncle Monster? He goes into a depraved world of gay leather bars <laughs> where he's sucked into an erotic hellscape <laughs> that drives men mad. So very much having to do with the episode. I like that, Uncle Monster. And is that Uncle Monster too? Hi, Sybil, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. You got any movies for us this week? Oh, I have a great watch for you. 
Okay, I hope it's cruising. If you're a fan of soaking, but you don't have your Jordi cassette, I suggest checking out the Mets on SNY. I love rooting for them. Uh, they always try so hard to beat the other team. And my favorite Met is Keith Hernandez. Let's go, Masons. <laughs> and why don't you listeners go to our social media websites? <laughs> you can find <laughs> what are us they, Shibs? On Tell Instagram them. at Uncle Monsters 6. Yep. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Uncle Monster Pod. Give them the big one. And you can find us on Patreon at Uncle Monster 6, where we've got a ton of great bonus episodes. We're about to start a new series about the films of Jim Wynorski. We've tracked down a couple, so tune in for that. He calls himself Harold Blueberry and makes weird movies. It's going to be a lot of fun. Trust me, you don't want to miss it. Uh, And I guess thank you so much for tuning in. We love you guys. Uh, we love having you here. Thank you so much for listening. If you listen on iTunes, please leave a review and a rating. We, we'd really appreciate it. Most of all, we love having you here. We can't wait to see you next time. And just remember, don't, don't get, get spooked. spooked.